Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Look, it's not your team. It's you. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of It Is Not Your Team. It's you here on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Tyler Coe. And I'm Haley Graves. And welcome into our last episode before we take a break. Haley, we've been doing college yep. football for, God, for uh, like, what? 22 weeks. 22 weeks. 22. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to take a little break, uh, but to, to today was a big day, or yesterday was a big day, and today we're going to talk about it. It was National Signing Day yesterday yep. on Wednesday. Um, some huge news. Maybe not everybody's excited about it. Maybe you're not as excited as I am about it, but NCAA football is coming. Yes, back. it is. That's uh, like the, so... that's honestly the news of the week. It kind of since this is like it's National Signing Day Part Two, um, we know that the bigger signing day is in December. This one just kind of rounds out all of the recruiting classes. So I feel like the biggest news of the week was NCAA football. It, it was the biggest news of my entire life. Um, there we I, go. <laughs> I, have, I lost it like everybody else. I am such a diehard fan. I go back to 2003 Joey Harrington GameCube edition. Wow. I bought NCAA football every single year. I still play 14 all the time. With Denard Robinson, if you remember him back in Michigan, he's on the cover. You um, want to know who needs to be the cover athlete for the very first rendition back out? Who? Johnny Football. Oh, my God. Moving on, <laughs> there's also some action going on in Congress besides, like, space lasers, which we won't get into. But um, NIL bill, another one coming yeah. down the pipe. This one actually has some really good momentum behind it. And like you said, National Signing Day. So we're going to talk about all of that. But the show, of course, is presented to you by Bet Online. Super Bowl this week in Haley. Big it is. Game. It's I feel like we've been teasing it's the Super Bowl game. for like six weeks. It's funny. When I used to do radio, like you can't say Super Bowl because the NFL, as you know, right. is like, it's the shield. Like you can't mess with it. Yep. So you yep. got to call it the big game, the big, big game coming up this they Sunday. actually copper, copyrighted the word yes. super. It's so wild. It's so funny to like you hear radio stations across the country. It's like, join yep. us for the big game. What big game? Well, you know what the big game is. Right, um, right. And if you want to put a bet on Tampa to win or Patrick Mahomes to win two in a row, you can do that at betonline.ag, where, of course, they have hundreds of prop bets for the game. We talked about that last episode about how much fun those are, Haley. Um, You're going over or under for the national anthem. What do you do every year? Do you go short? You go long with it. I go long. You go long? Yes. Smart money. Yeah, because, I mean, think about it. The person that's singing it they that's their moment to shine they're not going to undersell themselves and not be over the top so definitely over every time they usually take a little bit like they take their time because they don't want to mess it up and they add a few extra seconds they always jazz up the end a little bit so you go over just by a second and that's all that matters Uh, so head on over to betonline.ag to get all the best action remember the 24 uh, hour casino so visit visit betonline.ag today your online sportsbook experts man i even saw some story that this man with a lot of money business owner i want to say who's down in florida that might just sound like a florida thing so don't completely quote me on this but you can probably google it regardless bet 3.4 million dollars on the bucks to cover what is the line i should know this i just uh, i believe but I, don't. <laughs> I believe it's chiefs three and a half that's a lot of money and but then but I'm saying this because I'm convinced that people with a lot of money like this man clearly has they they know something there's just like this insider info or instinct like they just know something so I don't know if that's going to sway anyone listening a type of way or make you feel some way but yeah big bucks getting put online for bucks to cover hey you know what it might have the way that Tampa is playing defense right now I mean a ton of takeaways I mean they're on fire so I could see Tampa hanging in there. We'll see. Tom Brady's got to do better than he did in the championship game. Not saying he right. did bad, but that age is starting to show kind of like Peyton Manning down the stretch, his last Super Bowl run. Yeah. Um, yep. But anyways, back when Peyton was at Tennessee, there was NCAA football. Haley, this, has been was. The sto- this is the biggest – this really is the biggest news. If you don't play this game, I don't know if, how you could listen to this show or watch this show and not also play NCAA football. It's the mainstay. I probably will. Abs- I probably absolutely will now. It's, it's been it's the greatest thing ever, uh, whether it's dynasty mode that you're getting into, getting on that recruiting trail, getting those five stars, yep. uh, playing mascot mode. The, the idea that all of this can come back after it left in 2014 when yep. they shut it down because of the NIL uh, issues, yep. which is name, image, and likeness. Um, that's the reason why we haven't had football. Um, yeah. 
in that regard. And now we actually might have something similar to it. So it's not going to be NCAA football. It's going to be EA Sports College football. But everybody's going crazy with this. Joe Burrow Burrow (laughs) tweeted out. He's like, you got to be kidding me. The only thing I ever wanted to do in my life is be on the cover of this game. And I graduate the year they make it happen. Kyler did the same thing. Kyler tweeted out, I want to say even the check down, one of the NFL affiliate accounts actually then put him on the cover to satisfy him. So a lot of these athletes are hoping and wishing, but I mean, this ultimately just, it freaking changes the game with all the new rules coming out because in the same way that NFL players get paid for their everything being used in Madden, you would have to assume that college football players are about to get the same due diligence. We'll see. Another NIL bill just got brought to the floor, uh, was co-authored by, um, hold on, let me get the names right, Uh, Chris Murphy and Lori uh, Trahan. Murphy is saying that big-time college athletes look no different than professional leagues, and it's time for us to stop denying the right of college athletes to make money off their talents, as you do in anything else in this country. Went on to say, if predominantly white coaches in the NCAA executives can have unfettered endorsement deals, why shouldn't predominantly black athletes be afforded the same opportunity? Um, he's, he's not wrong on that. And I think it's for everybody. If you are anybody in this country and you do something well and you're talented and we pay you for it in your name and likeness, college football, really, Haley, college sports, it's the only place where you don't get paid for your services. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what, because of those things and those issues and those rules in place, it, in hindsight, it always made sense because I genuinely think it began to protect the player and to just keep everyone at the same playing field, make all things fair. But you know what? In life, not all things are fair. And there is a very real scenario for a lot of these college athletes that they actually need the money to help their families. And I just think, you know, if you're good enough and people are paying for your stuff, then you should be able to benefit from that. There's really this idea, I think, with those on the other side who are upset that they had to pay their way through college or they make the argument that they're getting a free education. We've talked about it on this show before. With all due respect to the math majors out there, the econ majors, the mass comm majors, you don't pull down the viewership that a Johnny Manziel does on Saturday. Right. Or value is not the same. Now, that doesn't mean yeah. that Johnny gets to do whatever he wants, but Johnny, if he's out signing well, autographs, should be able it to get mean that he money. Could do whatever. I mean, it, it did but, but there's this idea wanted, that yes, like that if players were paid money that they'd somehow become lazy or they wouldn't do what they're right. supposed to do or they would hedge games. I think it's more of an incentive for players to stay around, um, yep. like you said, to provide for their families. And listen, it, I think there's this idea that every player would be paid the exact same amount of money. That's just not true. Sam Ellinger is going to make a lot of money being the starting quarterback at Texas, not the third string right. guy. Like if you perform right. like anything else in life, there's incentives for your performance. Right. And I think right. that's I mean, what, we live yeah. we live in a participation trophy situation in life. We you do. know what I mean? And it's and frustrating, so, yeah. Right. But in this case, these athletes that are participating at the highest level of the game for our enjoyment or our enjoyment, our entertainment, everything that gives us life for six months <laughs> out of the year. They, like they should be compensated for that. They they just absolutely should, especially even, you know, this year with COVID and how everyone was talking about, oh, the risks involved and what is this going to look like for these athletes in the years to come? And it's like, exactly, exactly. They are doing right. this not only because they love the store, sport, but also for our entertainment. So let's compensate them for that. Absolutely. And look, uh, these kids are not going to be making millions of dollars while they're in school. And I think, you know, one of the cooler things is uh, this is so it's such an interesting thing. I always forget about it that he's up there. But former uh, Buckeye wide receiver and Colts wide receiver, Anthony Gonzalez from way back in the day, like 0405, Mm -hmm. uh, is a Republican representative uh, in Congress. He agrees with this bill and he also wants to put in stipulations for what players can endorse, which I think is also fair. I mean, yes. you wouldn't want, yeah. not that Kellen Mond would, but Kellen Mond, you know, um, um, hawking, you know, like camel cigarettes would not be good for right. kids to do or anybody getting a liquor deal or beer deal yeah. would not be good for underage kids. So I think right. there's a way, like everybody loses their mind, like, oh my God, it's just going to be awful. It's like, it's not. These kids well, aren't going to get paid that much. And offensive linemen aren't going to like make millions of dollars. It's right. if you're a, one of the big kids, if you're Cam, if you're Tebow, if you're Kyler Murray. Yeah, you're going to make Johnny. some money, right? But Johnny, rightfully so. Yeah. 
And I mean, you know, because the way I think about it, in A&M's 100-year history, they never, well, I take that back. They probably did a while ago. But since the NIL rules, so it's not 100 years, since 2014, <laughs> feels like 100 years, they, the only jersey that A&M has printed that was not a number 12 jersey for the 12th man was Johnny Manziel's, that the university printed themselves and Johnny got nothing for it. Which is a problem. Like you, right. you have to, you have to do that for these kids. I think it'd be right. great if something can get along. I, I, I like the idea. Like, let's be glass half full mentality yeah. with this, right? Well, I know and you and like, I are both on the same page. Right. I mean, and another just perk. I feel like as you get older and as you become an adult, you always look back at what you learned in school and you try and say, you have the conversations of, was this really relevant for my life? How much did I genuinely <laughs> need to know some of these things? Thank you. But then also at the same time, we aren't taught certain things. We aren't necessarily taught finances, how to measure money, you know, depending on your schooling, you might've been, but the mass majority was not did not know how to balance a checkbook, did not know how to do their taxes, did not know, you know, what goes into credit companies and credit cards and debt and how to accumulate debt and all of these things by allowing these athletes to consume large amounts of money while they're in school, while there's resources around them to help them know how to manage that money. It also might then help actually set them up for a better future when they go on to the NFL and have even more ample money to make sure that they're doing what they should be doing with that money. And I just think starting them at an earlier age will actually set them up for more success than just throwing them into the fire. Like they get thrown in with the NFL. Amen. You nailed it. Um, I think a lot of people that just listen to that will think about broke the 30 for 30 that talks about right. how they, no players really set up for success when they get this money, you know, Herm Edwards talks about it. He used to do those seminars for incoming rookies about, look, this is what you need to do with your money. And it'd be great for that right. to happen. It'd be a good lesson for all of us. So these are all good things. NCAA football is coming back. Yeah. We might be playing, paying athletes. Haley, we talked about this before uh, the end of the year. Like we were hopeful for a better future in college yep. football. And as of today and this week, it yep. seems like that might be a possibility. Yeah. And I mean, that's what we're, I think we're just hoping for in life in general right now. Take, <laughs> take the, take the hard learns of 2020 and let's actually apply them and make the future better. It's I, I, I'm, I gotta tell you, I'm, I'm a weak person, Haley. I could forget about the world's troubles <laughs> if you gave me a new NCA tomorrow. I'm be like, ah, I don't care. I'm well, fine. you're getting your wish. I'm so, I mean, it's not going to be out for like another two to three years, but the idea that it's going to be back is, is just, it's fine if it's right. watered down just to have it is great. So right. there's only so many times I can win a national championship with Texas in my current game. They've won like 50. I was boring. I, I need a new game. Um, but some things never change, Miss Graves. And oh. uh, when we talk about National Signing Day, um, it's crazy how the rich got richer in such a big way for this one because all the talk yeah. uh, just recently, very recently, was that old coach down in Tuscaloosa, he's yeah. losing it. He's losing his touch. They lost two games. They didn't even get to the SEC championship. Has Nick Saban uh, gone past his prime? Is this it for him? And not only do they win the national championship this year, one of the toughest things to do in COVID, um, they also just signed the number one recruiting class, but not just the number one recruiting class. Right, Ms. Graves? Right. right. They actually beat their own best recruiting class back in 2017. So this is something that is completely unprecedented, what Alabama has done. You know, you're ex you, you expect Alabama to get – ample amount of five stars and four stars but the number that really stood out to me was they signed in total 26 signees to this class 17 of those 26 were top 100 players according to 247's total composite which basically means they took all of the different recruiting websites put it all in one and got the averages 17 top 100 players in this class that number to me was just blew my mind. And then I got curious. I was like, okay, so who was a part of this 2017 class? So we can really, you know, it's comparing apples and oranges, but realistically see what we're getting out of this class. So a couple names that, you know, are pretty good. Uh, Devonta Smith, Mac Jones, Dylan Moses, good. Jerry, Judy, Najee Harris, Tua Tunga Viola, Henry Ruggs, all offensive guys I named there. You can tell which side of the ball I like, but Still, it is maddening to think. And, you know, we always talk about, and we talked about it several times this year, that teams like Alabama, like Clemson, just churn out players. It's like they just have this talent truck 
in the Alabama football facilities. That's just a machine that's just cranking out players. Oh, you're done. You're on to the NFL. Okay, next, who's coming through the machine? And like, they got a guy named Jaquincy McKinstry, who's literally in line to replace Patrick Sertain. Kamar Wheaton is a five-star running back. They got likely yep. to come through and replace Najee Harris. You've got Dallas Turner coming through to take over for Dylan Moses. Like, it actually just doesn't stop. It's maddening because it's college football insane. is so broken. And we like to blame the college football playoff, which Yes, they heavily enforce the brokenness. They might be the ultimate catalyst of the brokenness, but this, but it starts with recruiting. And especially you look at the top 10 and it completely coincides with on-field play and who our top 10 teams are in the country. Yeah, I mean, the top one and two teams in this recruiting class were Alabama and Ohio State. Who was in the yep. national championship? Alabama and Ohio State. Uh-huh. Well, um, yeah. It, yeah. It's crazy how it goes. And it really is. Recruiting is the lifeblood of a program. Right. Um, and I think it just speaks to Nick Saban of hearing that chatter and what it was. And, and you're, you're, it's almost that Tom Brady, Bill Belichick Same. thing. We always yep. heard, you know, oh, oh, my God, they lost the Super Bowl. Are, are they done? And to come back and do what he did to win the national championship and sign this class, which, once again, you named a bunch of skill players. But go look at the offensive line talent that they got. Go look at the defensive right. line talent that they got. And we're right. really, when you say apples and oranges, it really does. I think people get hung up sometimes on the five versus the yes. four. Four stars, like to get that fifth star is a big deal, but four yes. star is, those are superstars. Like yep. it, just because they don't have that fifth doesn't mean they're really any that less. We're talking about a matter of like inches with this stuff. Right, right. It, it really does come down to that. Like I think the difference is like 99.2 versus 99.1. Like it's, that's, yeah, that's the splitting, splitting of the hairs the difference yeah. between a five star and a four star player. And, you know, it's just, it again, it just comes down to all of this. And it's funny. Uh, I'm probably going to piss some people off when I say this, but I feel oh, like, good, good. Nick, I like this. Nick, Nick Saban is a Tom Brady, not a Drew Brees. Oh no, I don't, I don't think that'd piss you anybody know, off. I think I'd be pissed off you know if somebody I mean? disagreed like, with that. That's great. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like Nick Saban is, is not slowing down anytime soon in very similar shape to Tom Brady. Whereas Drew Brees, we've kind of seen him you know, sputter at the end of his career a little bit. I mean, you don't have to, I mean, yeah, old man breezes, he's, he's on his way out. It's okay. But yes, right. I think that's a fair analogy is that Nick Saban, I mean, he even talked about it at the end of the national championship game. Right. He doesn't really have any plans to go anywhere else. No. Like, you don't sign the number one recruiting class of all time after winning the national championship and think mm, it's time to go. Would it be a good time to go? Yeah. Cause you're like, whoever takes over I after you, that. you leave them in great shape. Right. But Nick's not done, and it really speaks to – it's not necessarily that Alabama is winning the most games. It's not that Alabama is winning national championships. Right. It's that these players get developed in a way yeah. that prepares them for success at the highest level. And yeah. it's amazing to think what Nick Saban has done when you talk about the attrition, not just of talent, but talent right. on the coaching side that he goes through every single year. You know, yep. the big one this year, he lost Steve Sarkeesian to Texas. He lost a ton of guys. Yep. They uh, every not year. even not even Steve Sarkeesian. He lost his uh, special teams coordinator too. Yeah, and Jeff uh, Banks, who's Jeff going Banks with Sark to, to, to Texas. Texas. Uh, yeah. we've seen it with Kirby Smart and Jimbo Fisher. Yep. I mean, literally everybody, and he's right. still able to do this because those young men that go know that they're going to be treated in a way that will prepare them to go to yep. the highest level of whether that's the NFL or the rest of their life. That's what it right. speaks to in this class for Nick Saban. Right. I think ultimately your strongest recruiting message that you will ever say to a kid is it's not about the next four years, but it's about the next 40. I guarantee you every single university in the country says that exact same pitch to every single kid, but it's true. How can you prepare them for life outside of football? And it starts when you're in college, because the, real, the reality is 1% of college football athletes actually go to the NFL. So that you're is, selling all true. the rest of them. That's true unless you go to Alabama. Facts, like, exactly. It's <laughs> 25%. Right, but if you go to other schools, like I'm going to throw them under the bus, say maybe in LSU. You know, it really raises my eyebrows as we've talked about the top two being Alabama, Ohio State. Those next two, next three spots, number three, Georgia, number four, LSU, number five, Clemson. So the one that raises my eyebrows outside of Georgia, because Georgia just continuously has these top recruiting classes ever since Kirby Smart got there. And I think it's just because they're really selling the kids, hey, this is your best shot outside of Alabama. Well, I mean, and those kids are, <laughs> those kids are going pro. I mean, Georgia has right. been turning yep. out a ton of, when you talk right. about defensive talent in the NFL, go look at who Georgia has sent in the Running last backs, couple of years. Running backs, people yes, would argue yes, that they're God. RBU. 
And so, girly man, chub. I mean, yep. my God. I mean, Alvin Kamara, kind of in a sense, because he was there and then he left, but whatever. Right. But still, it's insane. Well, and you look at it, still is under the Saban umbrella. Kirby Smart, same umbrella. So you're getting treated in the same manner. But the one that's the head scratcher for me is LSU, because, you know, all this whole season, that if you've listened to the show or not, I kept preaching on the fact that, yes, LSU is having a down year where there's no other way to describe it but they still were a talented roster so when they were in games and when games were closed it was because they still have extremely extremely talented athletes on the football field are, are you was, making excuses again for florida in the shoe game i'm not is making that, excuses. is that what i'm hearing right now because i no. will not have it I'm not. actually I'm actually sitting here thinking about all the people that said that AM's <laughs> win over LSU wasn't good enough, even though it was like two and a half scores. Regardless, the point is LSU still has a very, very talented roster. But my question for LSU is, are you actually developing the players? I feel like there's been a significant drop off in the amount of players that LSU is actually putting forth to the NFL that is succeeding. You know, you have defensive guys that come to mind, but Outside of that recently, yes, Justin Jefferson was likely runner-up in the NFL for Offensive Rookie of the Year, but you you just have certain players, but not as a collective. They're not doing what the Georgias, what the Alabamas are doing, and so it makes me wonder if that 2019 team was just the stars aligning in an anomaly for an LSU. I mean, time will tell, but I'm just not convinced that LSU is doing the due diligence that these other programs are doing. I think it was a little bit of both. I think we've talked about that before. I think with right. any special team like that, an all-time team, because, you know, there are teams that win. Unless you're Alabama. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, there's been teams in the past, like, if you win the national championship, we're quick to always say, oh, that was the greatest, that was the greatest. Right. Um, with a lot of them, they're perfect storms. And with LSU, with, with Joe Brady and Coach O and just the talent that was there, it was. And then when you saw what they were this year, you could tell there was going to be a massive drop-off at a coaching level but, when you, like, you got Right, Bo I was going to say that. What, yes. what we're doing what now with the who what yes okay. I was gonna say their their coaching staff was drastically overturned <laughs> it was like from... the completely backwards <laughs> it was like progressive by 20 years for coach O to get right. the guys that he did and then he went backwards right. in time to go get that coaching staff that he had this season right right it was like he it was like he was blindsided almost like my guys would never leave this program go Tigers yeah, and then they tags. did and he was like oh shit let me just go open my closet and see my contacts and that's who I'm coming well it's funny I mean LSU I mean you could make the argument a few schools in the past 20 years can make the argument for DBU Ohio State is one of those schools Texas yep. was one of those schools in the early 2000s and LSU, and LSU. definitely has been yep. that school going back to whoever pick one honey badger Jamal Adams it doesn't matter they're all there um it seems like they're an anomaly in that regard that if you play defensive back at LSU, you're going to go pro and you're going to be amazing. Right. Regardless of coaching. Everything right. else like you spoke to, it has been – it'll be interesting to see with this Tigers team where that talent kind of goes because that's the other big picture that is everybody's going to look like, oh, it's just Bama being Bama. But no, I mean, big names will attract big talent, but big talent will go nowhere if they are not helped to get to the next level. They're not Facts. molded and shaped well, you look at and – it, it literally, it goes back, and I will beat this horse until I'm blue in the face, but goes back for me to the 2015 Texas A&M team. Currently, right now, I might be a couple numbers off here and there, but at the beginning of this year, I want to say that team had 15 current players on active NFL rosters, and that football team went 8-5 and five with a bolt loss. I mean, you're preaching to the choir when you're talking to a Texas you know, Longhorn fan, the number one school in the country for not developing talent for 20 years. That's what Texas's motto should be, even <laughs> when they went to two national championships. And everybody was always wondering, and I think people might start to figure it out with Tom Herman getting fired and other right. coaching situations around the country of like, why are you firing a winning coach when you have the mountains of talent that a Texas has had over the past 20 years that is the same as an Alabama? Because it's a frustrating thing for any college football fan, especially at a blue blood program. If you go back and look at those recruits that didn't pan out and you see who they're recruited by, it wasn't just like they were recruited by a Texas or a Texas A&M. No, 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 no. They were recruited by the big boys. Right. It's we'll about see, and, not and, developing talent correctly. And, and, you know, and it's funny for me because during my time at A&M, I worked closely with our recruiting office. I knew the ins and outs of the players that we were recruiting, the players we lost out mm -hmm. on. And you know, you just always feel a little burned by the guys that 
particularly choose to go to Texas over Texas A&M because in my mind, I couldn't understand why, but it's always made me feel good going back and looking at how those players' careers panned out, or I guess you should say didn't pan out. Well, that's, and, a, that's harsh. Like, like who? <laughs> like Brandon Jones, who's killing okay, it for Miami right now? Actually, he's a friend of mine, so outside of him, I'm very happy for his success, but guys like Jeffrey McCullough, what did the, that guy was, what did the uh, shark was like, do the like, shark was like one of the biggest recruits in the state of texas circa 2015 he didn't pan out but there was a period of time <laughs> and other schools who are blue bloods will go through this uh when mac brown lost to alabama in 2009 right. texas had a string of terrible seasons but the defensive talent that they sent to the league was ridiculous uh from adrian phillips who was a pro bowler to malcolm brown yeah. who won a championship with the patriots um the Ocho brothers everybody it's kind of that LSU thing as well with DBU yeah. is like the results are not there in the field. These guys are talented. So yeah. you're wondering with certain programs, why does it go that way? Why does Texas fire a seven and three coach? Because the talent is the same as other places. Yes. They just ain't getting the just most the results. Right. The results aren't there. And you know, another place that it's going to raise some eyebrows here pretty soon, Oregon, Oregon had the number Oregon six and, class Oregon in the country. Oregon and USC, two Pac-12 right. schools. Right. And Oregon you know, it really raised my eyebrows because this is the third consecutive year that they've had the best class in the Pac-12. Yet, as we've noted multiple times this year, they only were Pac-12 champions by default because <laughs> Washington had to sit out because of COVID. Right. So it's kind of like same same thing, you know, uh, like when are they, those results going to start to show up on the field? When are they going to start to be an actual contender? Um, you know, shout out to USC. They did a lot. I think they went from like 64th two years ago in signing classes to top 10 class, like that turnover for USC is huge. Players are clearly buying in to that program and where it's going. But I will tell you the one that I cannot understand is rounding out our top 10 is Michigan. Why Tyler, why are kids still committing to Michigan? Like I act like I genuinely can't understand it because to me, if you have a scholarship to Michigan, chances are you have a scholarship to Ohio State. Chances are you have a scholarship to go to any of the teams above Michigan in these rankings. Like, what is it about Michigan? What are they selling these kids on? Oh, you're going to have a secure coach for the next six years or whatever. I mean, it like, that, that, I, I, mean, I know you're understand. joking about it, but that, that stability is a huge thing. I think a lot of people, I mean, it, it's different for every kid. And Haley, you know this, right. of why they choose to go to a school. But one of the number one reasons that they do is the relationship they have with the coach and not the head coach, with the position yeah. coach, whoever it is. I mean, that's going to be their guy. Right. Basically, right. their father, their boss, their everything for four years. Um, right. so if you do have stability, like you do, they at don't Michigan, even have, cause I also looked this up. Michigan doesn't even have like a top 10 best recruiter in the country. <laughs> no, so, like, it's, um, it, it's an odd reason why kids do it for different reasons. Why Michigan specifically, why anybody would be going there when you look at the attrition, uh, uh players transferring out this past year, I think they just had uh, some more transfers. I think one of the McCaffrey's there's like 20 yep. of them. One yes. of the McCaffrey, but the McCaffrey. Yes, Northern, Northern Iowa or Northern Illinois to play for his dad. Um, That's not bad. Dylan McCaffrey, quarterback. Dylan Anyways. McCaffrey. Which one but, is the one in Nebraska? God, it's like there's tons of these kids. Um, no, there's, the, there's McCaffrey at Nebraska. There's the a McCaffrey, McCaffrey that was at Michigan. There's a, there's a McCaffrey in Carolina. There, well, we know Panthers. that one, but there's, <laughs> there's more McCaffreys out there coming down the pipe, I'm sure. So, But – you know, it's it's like that was just the one that I was just shocked because the way Michigan puts players on the field, I would just expect their recruiting class to reflect that they would be a 15 to 17, 18 overall class. And I would have been like, OK, sounds about right. But a top 10 class like that really that's a head scratcher for me. It could be, you know, uh, it, you know, as well as I do, that some kids, they love the opportunity to really shine and that if the talent there at a campus isn't as great, they get to be the guy. Like True. more PT, more film. But it and is odd shoot, when you see the I rest, guess, like the rest of the Big 12. I guess they can like pitch them on hope. You, you can pitch them I mean? on hope, but I mean, the, the rest, excuse me, not Big 12, uh, Big 10, Wisconsin, yeah. one of their best classes, right? Uh, yep. Indiana rising right. up there. Everybody else who had a good year, it right. obviously is reflected. Michigan is a little bit of a head scratcher for sure. Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, Wisconsin, they finished number 15 overall, which 
the high, the closest they've ever gotten to that was 26. So, you know, Wisconsin's really making a push to not only be a Big Ten West contender, but a Big Ten contender. Um, we saw a flash, a one-week flash of Wisconsin, what they could be. What they could have year. been, yeah. yeah. Yeah, before COVID took over. So I could see that one, you know, rising in the ranks. But the other thing that I would love to ask you about here is, you know, as we've, we've kind of creeped down the rankings here, you got Oklahoma at number 11, Miami at number 12, Florida 13, all kind of makes sense there. But how does it feel that the dumpster capital, dumpster capital, dumpster fire capital of college football and Tennessee volunteers, how does it feel that their recruiting class finished above Texas's? Feels good. I'm going to tell you, it feels great. Texas needed to go <laughs> sit in timeout. New head coach. He's not a Texas guy. They needed to, what, what is our saying on the show? They needed to go check under the hood. They, they need, yep, you got to go check under the hood as uh, Coach Urban, who's now, <laughs> who's, uh, God, he's got a situation down there in Jacksonville. Yep. Yeah. Um, Texas needed timeout. I think it's good that Sark, uh, as a Texas fan, consolidated what he could of yep. the class. I'll remind you that that Tennessee uh, class that probably ain't going to be a thing because of the recruiting violations they're going through. I, I'm also shocked. true, also true, also true. I don't know what's going to become <laughs> of those people. Um, but, I mean, it's, it is shocking to even see Texas and Tennessee where they were, knowing what both of those schools have been going through this past year. Um, yep. But I don't know. I'm so focused. I'm so zinned out with my new coach who's like a West there Coast you go. guy. You, like, you ride on that laurel. We're just chilling. I don't have to listen to some other head coach you know, talk yeah. down to me and talk about Mensa and talk about he was dreaming about <laughs> fake punts for two weeks and, and losing not knowing, shitty teams. Not knowing what's going on in his locker room, but there being some damn good tacklers out there. Mm, I, you know, I'm over that. I'm, I'm just, what it is, I got out of a bad relationship. I'm liking You've this new one. It. I've moved past it. I'm more, we're good. There we're you feeling, go. We're feeling pretty, pretty good. By the way, I have a running back for my team. He's, he's a Bijan. We got a Bijan. Nobody really has a Bijan. I got one. So I got that. <laughs> I got that to you, look for. You got some Bijan with his Dijon. And <laughs> oh, man. He yeah, put some spicy mustard on that. Did you see yeah. that kid run? My God. You know what I was thinking about? We're talking about the McCaffreys. What is it going to be like? I don't know how long we're going to be doing this, but do you think uh, – what is it going to be like for announcers when Philip Rivers' kids go through football? There's yeah. like 11 of them. Yeah. No <laughs> kidding, though. No, all of them will play. Every Just, single one you know of them who surprisingly had – more this is also kind of relevant news you know who has surprisingly more children than i anticipated jason witten he has because like he has he has like four or five kids that's too many not kids. that not that that i mean not that that's a ton i obviously realize a lot of people like philip rivers have so many more but i was i was shocked because there's news this week as we mentioned jason witten was in the rumor mill for being the head coach of tennessee well he's not their head coach but he is now the head coach of liberty christian which is, I want to say, a program in the Dallas area. So I think that makes sense. It's good. Poor Witten. He went up there to Man, the NFL. He and, tried to. He tried <laughs> to do his thing. Rivers, both of them, high school head coaches. I think that's a good place for them to start out. I mean, right. I think anybody. I'm, I don't want to say again. Like, I don't want to say Josh Heupel was a bad hire at Tennessee. We talked about this last episode that they didn't even talk to T. Martin. Um, it would have helped to have gotten a Tennessee person to maybe just for sure kind of calm everything down in Knoxville. Be a but, part of the program. But that's also, good. I mean, I don't want to joke on Witten too much, but if anybody heard his broadcast, maybe it's a good thing he's at the high school level. <laughs> Work on the communication a, a little bit and then go to college. Well, I will say someone, though, that did hire internally, which is pretty cool. Do you remember circa 2015, Kenny Trill, oh, yeah, a.k.a. Kenny, Trill. Kenny oh, yeah. Hill, who transferred away from Texas A&M. And oh, yeah, Heisman TCU. winner. Heisman and, winner at that South Carolina game. Oh, and, yeah, uh, I remember Kenny Trill. Yes, but went to TCU, had a great career there. I don't know if you remember that Alamo Bowl, hellacious comeback that they had in 2016. Um, Haley, I don't remember. Listen, if I'm having to watch an Alamo Bowl, there's chances <laughs> I will. I force myself to was, not remember by no, breaking myself. Wait. Blackout I think it drunk. had to have been, a, it for sure was an Alamo Bowl. It might have been maybe a Fiesta. Regardless, it was, a, I remember it was a big game. It was super close, but they're kind of the same Fiesta Alamo, San no, Antonio no, 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 theme. No. The Alamo is not a Fiesta. The Alamo okay. is never a Fiesta. <laughs> I'm looking ever. this up now. I'm looking this up. I hate the up. Alamo Bowl. Anyways. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> It's the worst. I have nightmares about that game. Regardless, the point here is that Kenny Hill um, was appointed the quarterback's coach at TCU. 
That's good. They could, I yeah. mean, yeah, that's good. Good for TCU that they're doing football things. I hate TCU. I hate them because they're good. T- Gary Patterson's a great coach. He's so underrated. He sweats so much, though. He's a big sweater. He has a poor sweat girl that follows him around the whole game. So I good do for remember you telling me this. It, it if anybody, the- no, it's uh, happened every, go watch those games. They're every, it's a weird thing. T- Gary, I don't know if it's Gary's choice or somebody in the athletic department does it, but there is a girl, almost like there's a leprechaun or mountaineer chosen to be the mascot. Yes. You get to be Gary's sweat girl. And there's this poor girl that follows him around the whole game with towels just to give to Gary. Oh, it's so bad. It's so weird. Anyways. There you go. Yeah. Anyways, the other thing that's weird about the Big 12 is I have a question for you. It's a very important question. Hmm. Do you think that the Oklahoma Sooners are QBU? That's a good question. I think it's, uh, it, it's at the level where you could argue it right now. Um, when you talk at least about the talent that's come through, what they've done not only in college but in the pros, even though this is a right. college conversation. As of right now, you know that if you play quarterback at the University of Oklahoma, you're probably going places, which yeah. is a pretty big deal. And, the, and the, the reason I asked that for those listening is because Oklahoma, while only having the number 11th overall signing class, they did sign the number one dual threat quarterback in Caleb Williams. Um, he's also a top 10 overall player in the country. So Oklahoma is just stacking at that quarterback. Position. I'm going to tell you what, we kind of talked about this before. I might go out on a limb and, and just do this now. I think Caleb Williams is the face of the program in the coming years, not Spencer Rattler. I think okay. Caleb Williams is more talented than Spencer Rattler. I think he's just a more – Wow. I think he could just be a day one superstar. I'm going to be interested to see, like, what that's going to be like uh, in the spring. But that's going to be great, obviously, for Oklahoma. Right. Uh, having that level of competition is an excellent thing to have. So, so needless so. to say, moving forward, that's going to be a name you're going to want to know is Caleb Williams, quarterback for University of Oklahoma. I don't think anybody's going to have a choice. I think he's just going to be that guy. Not wow. that Spencer can't, but like we, we saw things in Spencer where that Achilles heel for Spencer is such a devastating one that has to right. be cleaned up, right? Like right. we're not talking about a few bad passes, Haley. Remember, I right. mean, this year was like you killed the game type of mistakes do you think that it could even potentially be a situation that they obviously spencer to it's basically spencer's job to lose and potentially through halfway next season we could see a caleb williams takeover i don't know we'll have to uh, maybe possibly i think spencer was shorthanded you know obviously at the beginning of the season for oklahoma they got their talent back and they finished so strong i mean i have them at least in my top 10 as like the number two team going into next year uh, but yeah, I, I think Caleb Williams is going to be the next big deal. So we'll that see is, what Spencer does. We'll see. He's got a whole year under his belt. See what he brings in that sophomore year. That is both terrifying and exciting as a college football fan. But speaking yeah. of teams that were shorthanded, a lot of teams this year kind of wrapping up our signing day coverage is a lot of teams chose not to fulfill the normal amount of scholarships that would have been allotted. Um Florida State only signed 17 kids, Washington 15, South Carolina 13 kids to this year's signing class as a whole. Not players signed yesterday, but both signing days. All they have for this year's 2021 class, 13 players from South Carolina. Yes, they do have a new head coach, but I think the bigger story here that we're going to start to really watch and one that we're really seeing take over college football is the transfer portal. And this, especially with this next year of every player being able to get a COVID year back, you're seeing teams starting to hold back scholarships because of the almost like prove it or lose it kind of thing. You know, you see it a lot with the NFL. The NFL will go and sign a guy that's proven himself in the NFL rather than drafting a rookie or signing someone undrafted. It's this whole proven mentality and we're now starting to see that applied in college football these programs are wanting to go and get players that know what it takes to be a college football athlete and they're going to go get them over a kid that's coming out of high school it's it's been pretty interesting to see um right. uh, holding on to these scholarships in the hopes of getting you know if we're going to be honest a good quarterback yeah especially for a young program or a new coach uh, at a program to try and uh, have some stability there. We talk about OU being, you know, QB, uh, you, I mean, my God, they are the right. Kings of the transfer portal. Right. Um, 
So I, I think it is interesting. Everybody's kind of holding back to try and get that next big guy. Uh, you know, I will say for all those coaches out there, uh, Tanathan uh, is still out there in the transfer <laughs> portal. Uh, he's in there again. He was in, he was in there once, and then oh. he left, and then he went back in, and then he went back in again. And now no, I have a I have a better one for you. I have a better one. Tate Martell <laughs> is still in college football, and he has now entered the portal again. That's who I'm talking about, Tanathan. That's his <laughs> real name is Tanathan. It's not Tate. It's Tanathan. That's Tanathan. Tanathan has been at Oklahoma, or excuse so me, AM. We're on the same page about the same player yes. without even knowing. Tanathan. Tanathan. Tate Tanathan, Martell. Tate he, Martell. He's Tanathan now because he's been the at Tate, AM. The Tate Martell story goes back, people, to 2015. This dude has been in college for six years. It's, it's ridiculous. He, it's like Van Wilder. Yes. He committed to Texas AM 2015, maybe even 2014. And, and then you was, talk it was shit. a huge, it was a huge deal. Shit. I mean, yes, it was a massive deal. Like he was all AM everything. Like I'm talking, it's from the Nevada area or the Nevada area. That's a whole last state from Nevada. Las Vegas <laughs> the Nevada area. Yes, yes. The Texas area. Yes. yes. <laughs> Anyways, he's from Nevada, was on one of the best high school teams in the country. There was like shows about his high school team about him. There was a show on Netflix called QB one. If you want to know more about Tate Martell, he was in he's that. A star of it. Yeah. Yes. He committed to Texas A&M, ended up decommitting and committed to Ohio State, goes to Ohio State for a year, doesn't like it at Ohio State, then goes to Miami as a quarterback, ends up getting told he has to play wide receiver. He wasn't happy about that. He, like, I want to say started the year, maybe sat out, and then now people, he's entering the transfer portal again as a grad transfer. I feel like you're leaving portions out, though, because you are. <laughs> because at Texas A&M, he talks shit about the program and the other QBs, left yes he said what did he say what's a good quote he's like uh straight ass my dude yes talking about nick starkle which is also rude yes um so then he goes to ohio state saying don't miss twice gets beaten by justin fields and then goes to miami then gets beaten by Derek king yes and now he's back in the transfer portal again so yes there needs to be another movie made about it. I feel like that's a Danny McBride, like Ted Lasso-esque production that needs to be made about Tanathan. Uh, oh, like Kenny Powers. Guy. Like, it's unbelievable. His story is just ridiculous. It and he's, really he is. still thinks he's got a he's got a shot. Yeah. Grad transfer. I guess. What? <laughs> like, I don't know what, what coach wants what, that problem. That's what the show needs to be. It's very Last Chance U-esque. One more year. The final season. <laughs> the Tanathan. The Tanathan Martell story. <laughs> That poor kid. I say poor kid because well, he's not a kid anymore. Damn it, he's like how old? He's like right. fucking thirty. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. he's ridiculous. for sure creeping on twenty three. He's he's too old. You're too old to play. He's uh, right. poor kid. Anyways, I've seen inside the transfer portal. By the way, I've been in it. Okay. And it's actually pretty underwhelming. Sorry to end oh. the show on that disappointing note. I don't have anything for it. My buddy's a college baseball coach, and he's like, "Hey, you want to see the transfer portal?" I'm like, "Well, yeah." <laughs> and then he showed me, and it's very boring, and yep, there's all the names. Hmm. So it's that's our show just, for this week. <laughs> yeah, it's literally just another recruiting tool, tool which is wild. But yes. um, Oh, you, you forgot to mention that your Aggies got that, that good running back. You know, I was just going to let you have your Bichon Dijon moment. And... That's right, because we got a Bichon and you don't. So whatever, A&M. Have fun with whatever you're doing over there. Okay. A&M, for those that – okay, I mean, I have to bring it up now. A&M, yesterday – on a blockbuster signing. Oh, yeah. The number yeah. four, the number four running back in the country chose Texas AM over Texas. LJ Johnson, remember the name people, sign, seal, deliver. But AM is also not done yet. Wow, I'm so sorry if anyone is listening with headphones. That butt was so high pitched and loud. I was real close to the mic. Sorry. But regardless, not done yet. AM will be also signing the number one Juco offensive tackle this weekend on Friday. Well, you guys better roll out the, you know, Armada on the tarmac with the red carpet off the private jet for whoever that hey, kid is. I'm you know sure what? it's going to be and is going to do that for any offensive lineman or defensive lineman because A&M understands that you win in the trenches. A&M is OLU, and I will take it. That's, also, that's fine. I'll, that's even fine. Say, I'll even say DLU. A&M's churned out some pretty good defensive the, linemen. Well, we have a Bijan and you don't. That's all. There that's all I go. gotta say. It's like Hulk. We have a Hulk and you don't. We have Bijan. 
So there you go. That's our whole freaking team. And you don't there have you one, so suck it, AM. Texas is going to win it all. It's going to be great. Except you need for, to come up. You need to come up with a pitch for Dijon Mustard once this whole NIL stuff gets separate. See, that is a good brand. That's a good endorsement. Bijan with Dijon. One of the best T-shirts I still have. This T-shirt uh, was Ricky Williams, who made the dreads cool yep. as a running yep. back. They did the Heisman T-shirt at Texas, but the Heisman had dreads. Like obviously, Ricky never saw yes. any of that money, but that was badass. Like AM should have done this yes. with Johnny. You could make yes. gazillions amount of dollars with right. that. Right. And then you could do one with Tebow where he's crying and there's a cross. You just need, you just need, get your Bijan on. There's so much, there's an endless world of possibilities. I'm so excited for him. Maybe we should just change our name to get your Bijan. He's (laughs) going to be the biggest, the all, the entire marketing for Texas this coming year is one guy and the whole state loves this kid already. Well, yeah, they lost Sam Ellinger. They lost the golden child. Who? Who? Sam Ellinger, the golden who? child. Oh, that's so last year. Sam, I oh, don't care. Who, who how Sa- could Samuel? I forget this little update? This is going to be the last one that we can finally ride off into the sunset of the 2020 season with and talk to all you people when spring ball is back. Yes. But Kellen Mond, he ended up winning the Senior Bowl MVP over the weekend, last weekend show. We talked about the teams, players to look forward to in the Senior Bowl and Kellen Mond balled out in the second half and ended up taking away that MVP trophy, which a lot of people is raising a lot of eyebrows because in recent past, guys like Justin Herbert won it last year, Dak Prescott won it a couple years ago. So there's a trend of success for the Senior Bowl MVP. So who knows if that's going to bode well for Kellen Mond or not, but it was really cool to see him have success in, in a day in an environment like that. I mean, yeah, the bar was pretty low, though. I mean, <laughs> he won MVP with – he went 13 of 25. So, I mean, he won the MVP, but it, it was – Two touchdowns, like 170 yards. It was a low hurdle to <laughs> get over. It wasn't that good of a game. I mean, I guess um, I should say Josh's year that he was in the Senior Bowl, he was the only one who caught a touchdown – but they gave the Senior Bowl MVP to his quarterback for throwing it. Who was the quarterback that year? I, I couldn't even tell you. We were trying to discuss this, like, the other day, and we could not remember for the life of us who the Senior Bowl quarterbacks were from that year. Everybody – I mean, everybody pretty, did pretty good. Sam Ellinger did good. Most of the quarterbacks did good. The one guy that did, and I hate to end the show on a disappointing note, but Jamie Newman, who we talked about, who sat right. out at Georgia, kid lost money. And that's unfortunate. Yeah. He's got a ways that he looked terrible. He looks like he hadn't played football all year because he didn't. Right. <laughs> that was a, uh, we'll see how that works out for him. But good for Kellen. Kellen and Sam are going to go to the NFL. That's exciting uh, for them. I'm so they over are. it though. I have a running back. He's so freaking also, awesome. This is my last, 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 last thing. Cause it's worth noting. I saw an interesting stat this week as we move away from signing day. The next big thing is obviously going to be spring ball for us but then as well a lot of these guys are going to get drafted due to COVID and due to players having that optional year to come back currently there's only 500 players that have signed SRAs with agents which is which means about half that number 250 of them roughly will be drafted which will actually be the highest this is the lowest pool I guess I should phrase it that way the lowest pool of players that are draft eligible in the history so this year there will be more players actually drafted that likely never would have in previous years due to the fact that the pool is so much smaller that's crazy right that's super great so next year it's going to be even crazier that might be yes. it's going to be the biggest right yes 2022 will likely have the most talent that we've ever seen in an nfl draft that is insanity that'll be Isn't interesting it, but- to see yeah Right, but it's because it's crazy to think about. The combine has already been canceled. There's only going to be scheduled pro uh, days. No, right? You know, Sucks. So, but there's still kids that decided to go out early and things. And so, yeah, so there's actually a higher chance, though, if you did take that gamble, that you will be drafted this year simply because there's not as much, there's not as many bodies. Just bottom line. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be some superstars out of there, Mr. Relevant. We'll see who that is. Um, yeah. It'll be crazy. All right, before we get out of here, let, who you got for the Super Bowl for this weekend? Oh, don't oh, – you can't put me – I gen, – like, no. I have thought about this, and I, it, I'm going to have the most lame answer ever. I want it to be a good game. That is a lame answer. That answer sucks. I don't right. like it. Give me a team. 
have I, conviction. I can't, I cannot give you a team without giving you my thought process. Like, I think it would be super cool for Patrick Mahomes to, you know, for them to be back-to-back champs for the first time in what, like 10 years would be really cool to see. I love everything that Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs stand for, but I also can't stand a team that wins back-to-back years. That's not fun for anybody at the same time. So I'm conflicted on that front, but then also I think it's hella cool what Tom Brady has done stepping into that Buccaneers program and bringing them to a title contender. Obviously you have Mike Evans, who is an Aggie alum that I know I would love to see him get a ring. So I'm genuinely conflicted. Like I guess, guess I would prefer the Bucks to win, but I also wouldn't be mad if the Chiefs won. So I, I want the Chiefs to win. I, I think it'd be cool if Brady did it's whatever, but like right. Andy Reid gets to eat a cheeseburger his wife lets him <laughs> if they win the game and that's a big deal for a big guy who i'm sure struggles with with food so that's a big deal i hope andy gets his cheeseburger on but Sunday, then you also ensure gets to party but you also have like the cool story factor of the fact that not only is tom, did tom brady go and did what he did at tampa basically if he wins will solidify himself as the greatest football player ever to play the game but not only that they're in their home stadium which, would just which is be, crazy never happened right and so that in itself is just i like storylines and so that's what makes me root for tampa bay but do i think that the chiefs have the edge and it's the chiefs game to lose yes you just don't want a fat guy to have a hamburger and i think that's being a fattest i think that's mean to andy reed you're a fattest and i am not well, go kansas well. city I hope that he has some Bijan Dijon on his <laughs> hamburger after this weekend. But oh, I can't wait. All we right. will not be able to talk about the Super Bowl. I mean, I'm sure you and I will, but we will not be able to talk about it with you all because, well, we're not an NFL show. But with that being said, we will see you people, I guess, in a month-ish. Stay tuned. Make sure you're following us on social media. That's how we'll let you know when we are coming back. But we will be back to talk spring ball and start gearing up for these players to go on to that next level. Bijan. Okay, bye. I just want to bye. say one more time. Later. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.